You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 208 with Christina Bentel. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to do part two with Christina on living in an RV full time. Um, If you missed last week, make sure to go back and listen to that first because it will make sense uh, before jumping into this episode. Uh, But today we're going to just talk to Christina and just hear what it's like really to live in an RV, um, how she ended up in the uh, ER, not just once, but twice, and what people really need to consider if they're going to do this full time. And I also asked her what was her least favorite part about living in an RV full time and how it is not a full time vacation like people may think. Um, We ended on how she also also ended up in Hawaii. So she started in Ohio and she now is living in Hawaii. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. And, you know, I hope it encourages you to think a little bit outside the box and do something different this year. All right, you guys. So last week I talked about the traveling cubes for my favorite thing segment. And so if you missed that, go back um, to last week's episode. It's all in the show notes. Um, They're traveling cubes. I love them. They're on Amazon. They're not expensive at all. And it just makes your life easier. But I do want to highlight traveling uh, because I haven't talked about this a lot. And if you are not planning on doing an RV trip or anything like that, but you do want to start traveling again, make sure to reach out to me. I am a travel agent um, and we are slowly seeing people booking trips again, people that I've had to, you know, postpone their trips this year, we are now starting to plan for next spring break. So um, you can always reach out to me. My travel email is amber sandberg at hk luxury travel because I work for H and K luxury travel. Um, my email is my first and last name amber sandberg at hk luxury travel. Feel free to reach out to me. Tell me that you heard me on the show. um, And I would love to start planning your next trip. I miss helping all of you guys plan your vacations. And I miss going on vacation too. But I get so excited helping people. I just booked someone to go to Cabo uh, for October. And I'm super excited for them. So if you guys are starting to think about that, and you're just kind of like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I just don't know if I feel comfortable yet, reach out to me. I would love to help you. This is my jam. I love travel. It's my passion and I love helping people. So uh, make sure to reach out to me if you have any questions. Now let's go to the show. Hey, Christina, thank you so much for coming back on the show to do part two of our RV full-time living episode. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, Okay. So Last week, um, so you guys, if you missed last week, make sure to go back and start there because it will make sense. Um, She's kind of going in chronological order of um, how her whole process went and her journey of living in an RV full time. Um, So I wanted to talk today a little bit more about um, what full time living in an RV looks like, because I think it can be very romanticized, you know, like it's like, oh, it's so amazing. It's like vacation all the time. And um, it's just going to be hunky-dory the whole time. And so I kind of wanted you to touch um, based on some of those things. And um, one thing that stood out to me that you had mentioned um, to talk about is um, you had to go to the ER twice. You know, that's the thing. And we know this with vacation too, that people get hurt. You know, you don't just like miraculously never get hurt or get sick Mm -hmm. when you're on vacation. Um, So how about you share with us um, what happened and and how you ended up going to the ER twice. So not just once, but twice. (laughs) The best part, um, I laugh about it now, twice within, uh, I think it was three weeks. Wow. So it was very close together. 
uh, you know, when you're, when you're traveling, it's, it's one of those things you kind of think about like, okay, if you get hurt, what's your backup plan? But when you're traveling full time, it's one of those things that you're, you're constantly always thinking about. So you have to make sure, um, is this in network? Is, is this covered? Is it, it's, it's a little more complex. So, uh, w- this was actually the very beginning of our trip. We were in Ruskin, North Carolina. It was our first stop. We decided to go to a, um, the salad bar restaurant. That's all I did mm. was a salad bar. Yeah. And I have a shellfish allergy. I'm always oh. hyper aware of it. I always tell everybody I am very, very mindful of this. I typically carry an EpiPen everywhere I go. Mm. Well, I didn't have my EpiPen. Uh, so we're at the salad bar and there was cross contamination, which of course I had no idea. And I'm right. thinking, wait, why would there even be shellfish on the salad bar? And why would, what, how did I get my hands on it? I have no idea. Yeah. But um, my husband was the one that figured it out. We were so incredibly fortunate because mm. sitting across from us were paramedics having their <gasps> lunch. Wow. And not only the paramedics, it was, um, and I, I don't know what his title was, but uh, in Ruskin, Florida, and I, I'm sorry, Ruskin, North Carolina, he was um, the lead paramedic. I, I can't remember what his title was, but he he was in charge of all of the paramedics at the local hospital. Wow. He was the one that administered Benadryl for me and took care of me and mm. helped me in the ambulance. I am so just appreciative of him. Uh, yeah, it was scary. And fortunately, my my in-laws, um, they would come and visit us wherever we were. So oh, that fine. was fun. They were there with us. So oh, nice. fortunately, they were there at the restaurant. And my mother-in-law was able to kind of scoop up my daughter, yeah. my three-year-old daughter, and take her outside because they did have to put me in the ambulance. Yeah, that's scary. Um, Mm-hmm. It, it, it was, it was one of those instances where we're thinking we're not from here. We don't know where we're at. Right. It was definitely that reinforcement of making sure that we knew those things ahead of time, not just to be um, paranoid, but just to be prepared. Right. Yeah. That is so, something to be, to, to pay attention to if people are going to do something like this. Yes. Yes. And then the second time, fortunately, we were more prepared. Uh, I apparently hadn't developed a new allergy that I wasn't <laughs> prepared <What>? for. <laughs> um, so I was eating yogurt with walnuts in it. Oh, no. <laughs> we're in the middle of Wachula, Florida, which is not close to a whole lot of things. Wow. Um, but it, my husband laughs at me because I had one of those uh, moments where I'm like, it was starting to tingle and I knew that before, but I, then I just kept eating them. <laughs> okay. Wait. So when you say tingle, like your tongue or your body, like yeah. what's tingling? So when I was eating the walnuts th- this time and the last time, and I should have stopped, but um, it, my mouth was starting to swell up and tingle. Mm. So I, I, you know, I'm thinking, Oh, no big deal. No big deal. Well, this time it was a big deal because I started to go into like my body started shutting down similar to how it did with, the shellfish allergy. So I knew the feeling and, um, we did some, I Googled really quick before wow. I started to go numb and I'm like, Oh God, these are, these are symptoms of an allergy. <laughs> so had you had walnuts you. before? Had you had walnuts? Had. You had. Yeah. yeah so that, this wasn't like, yeah. So this mm-hmm. was, so it's interesting that like all of a sudden you would become 
allergic well, to them or something? Or what do you well, think? Apparently that's what, uh, uh, now that I know more about allergies, apparently that's common with allergies. If, if oh. you can, be, you can develop allergies over time because it's like a bucket. And the, the uh, paramedic explained this to me when I was going through the first attack, it's like a bucket and you oh. keep filling it up, filling it up, <gasps> filling it up. At some point it's going to spill over and your body just can't handle it anymore. And that's what happened with the walnuts. And it, it I say that it was all of a sudden, but it, it was a little progressive. The, the, mm. the couple of weeks before that I had been eating aller, um, eating the walnuts and my tongue would get tingly a little more and a little more each time. And it's and walnuts I, specifically, not other nuts that you have mm-hmm. issues with? So I had to, and Wachula, they, um, when I was at the ER, they had recommended I do food testing just to make sure it wasn't other tree nuts. And mm. it did come back that I have a they recommended that I stay away from all tree nuts now. Oh, so wow. now I, and tree nuts, it, it, that's a tough one because it's everywhere. But um, uh, yeah, so yeah. traveling full time with the shellfish allergy and a tree oh, nut allergy, my goodness. it's a little challenging, but it can be done. You just, you just have to be aware. And it's yeah. kind of what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. It's not a full time vac- vacation. It's, right. These are real things that are happening that you're on the road and you just, you have to prepare for them in a different way, but it's, it's still life is happening just as what it would any other time. That is interesting. And yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think people would necessarily think they're going to just randomly get a food allergy somewhere. Mm-hmm. So they learned something today on this that is kind of mm-hmm. separate um, from RV living, but good to know, especially if you're somewhere else, you know, that if something starts to happen, um, especially if you don't even have an allergy, like you kind of knew with your um, your your previous allergy that you kind of knew what to look for. But if somebody doesn't have that, they may not think anything of it. So, you know, to kind of like catch yourself if you feel like mm-hmm. hmm, something's going on here. Um, so did they have to give you, um, what did they give you for that, for the walnut? So um, I had taken Benadryl. So what mm. they, they recommend, and I'm not a doctor, so I'm not recommending anything right. here. But um, yeah. <laughs> for me, for they you, what did me, they give you? Yeah. They gave me Benadryl. Mm. Uh, so they give you a high dose of Benadryl. Oh. Um, they don't recommend using the Epi unless oh. you're going in anaphylactic shock. Like the, the paramedic had recommended not to do that immediately if mm. I think I don't need it. He said, if mm. you think you need it at any point, take it. Yeah, but if you can avoid it and you can just do the Benadryl, sure. And then they'll they'll monitor you. Give you. Um, they gave me some more medication once I got to um, the emergency room. But yeah, um, yeah he gave wow. me a high dose of Benadryl while I was sitting there. Yeah, and watched me to make sure. Uh, and my husband did the same thing. So with the, the walnuts, he, my husband gave me the Benadryl as I was laying there and mm. watched me, and took me straight to the emergency wow. room. That is really good. I mean, this, yeah, I think that's really good to know. Um, And to kind of always be a little bit aware of Mm -hmm. where hospitals might be or stuff like that, right? And not to be too far away. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's good. Okay. So I'm going to move away from um, the ER events. Um, And I'm going to jump into, we talked a little bit about this on the first episode, um, just living in a really little space. I know people do tiny homes and this might feel similar, except that you can pick up and go. Um, Mm -hmm. But did you ever feel like you just needed alone time? And let me ask you first, are you an extrovert or are you an introvert? (laughs) I am 100% an introvert. Okay. So, um, (laughs) and do you gain energy being by yourself? 
Mm-hmm. I okay. need lots and lots of alone time. Okay, perfect. <laughs> this is great because asking an extrovert who gets tons of energy off of people is like yeah. trying to be like, okay, great. How do I apply this to myself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is really good um, because this will really give us a good idea. So um, wh- how was that for you? So um, what do you, what do you feel like you learned living in a small space? And then mm-hmm. how did you get the time that you needed um, to be, you know, recharged and not just yelling at everyone um, yeah. and all that kind of stuff in a small space. Yeah. Um, so a small space is definitely has its challenges. It's you're not in a house. So you've got one bathroom that you've got to share. You've got um, you've got to be organized. Things get very cluttered very easily if you're not mindful of it. So that's what I liked about it is it really helped me get away from materialism in the sense of you, can't hang on to a lot of stuff and you've got to be super organized. Do you want to keep this or not want to keep this? Do you really want to go buy this? Because you've got to find a place to put it. There's not a whole lot of space. Um, the other thing is we're tall. My husband and I, we're not short people. I'm five, uh, five, 10. He's six, oh, yeah. two. You are tall. So mm-hmm. that, that, that poses a little bit more challenging because, you know, you sit down on an itty bitty little toilet and your knees kind of hit the, <laughs> um, so you've got to be prepared yeah, that's for hard. Like yeah. that. And, um, but it's a trade-off because you get to go anywhere you want. And I would look out the window when I would wake up in the morning and, and see a, a beautiful tree line or the ocean or all of these beautiful things. So it, it's definitely a trade-off. Living in a small space um, can be difficult. But we made the best of it. And and I loved being hyper-organized. So that was always fun. Mm, yeah. And we spent a lot of time outside. So that was one of the coolest things because it forced us to have little outside areas that we would set up. So we would find um, campground space that had a, a picnic table so that we could have dinner and lunch outside every, every meal if we could. Yeah. And it was the perfect time because it wasn't too hot when we were traveling. It was a, the perfect temperature. So we would have campfires outside. We would cook outside. We would do the dishes outside. We would have a bucket where we would do the dishes. We actually got an outdoor shower where we could shower outside. So you just kind of take advantage of it. You know, I think the hardest part, um, and you kind of mentioned that Mm -hmm. was being an introvert and you're on top of each other, Mm -hmm. but you know, honestly, it's been harder now in the pandemic being on top of each other. When we were traveling full time, it was, it wasn't bad because you could leave. You you could could see new things too. So it was exciting. It wasn't the same thing over and over again. I think that is what is so hard about the pandemic is being stuck. Yes. Yes. And, and, um, you know, when we were traveling, my, my husband would take my daughter and they could go for a walk while I was on a phone call or Mm -hmm. they could, they could go to the museum or, um, I would go to the local library and work. So it was a lot easier to get that alone time. Versus now where yeah. it's a little more difficult. So actually it, that wasn't, it wasn't bad. Yeah. And, and like I said, I need a lot of alone time. So it, you were just able I, to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of my biggest fears. I'll be honest with you because I had suffered from anxiety for mm. so long because, um, I, I know I need that recoup time. Yeah. I need the time to like, yes. to, to get back to myself. And, yeah. um, it, it actually wasn't bad. Yeah. I always have to tell people when I'm traveling or staying at someone, I'm like, please don't take this personal, but like, it's like, I need to have that downtime to decompress, mm-hmm. especially if I've been with a lot of people, like going back to Michigan, it's a lot for me to see lots of people back to back, back to back. And you're kind of on, and then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, 
I need to not come back and just talk to everybody. I'm like, I need to just like read a book or I don't know, just do something. And it's just so that I can kind of just fill my tank back up. And I've noticed that people who are more extroverted, they don't really need that. If they do, it's probably very little and then they can get Mm -hmm. back to it. Um, So you know, so I'm glad that you were actually able to talk to this. Um, because like I said, if you were an extrovert, you may not even feel like this was an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good for other um, moms to hear this. I was going to ask yeah. you about the shower. So tell us like w- how you go about getting an outdoor shower and what does that look like? <laughs> yeah. So the shower probably is one of the more complicated things, <laughs> especially um, if you don't know much about RVs, there's a tank. And okay. you have to empty the tank. So you can't let the water run forever. If you're, oh, if you're yeah. connected to utilities, then you have the capability to run the water, but it has to go somewhere. Hmm. So showers, when you're indoors, are you got to be quick. Oh, uh-huh. um, so that's why we were excited about an outdoor shower. And what it is, is our unit, it actually had the connections. So this is not anything fancy, but it had um, a shower head okay. and then it had the faucet. So what you do is um, because you're connected to the utilities at the campground, you can turn it on. So what we did is we bought an outdoor shower unit, which is literally kind of like a pop-up tent Oh yeah, in the mm-hmm. shape of a shower. Sure. And yeah. So is the, so is the top was, open or is there... Is- Or is there a top and then the shower head kind of, there's a hole that goes in it? Yes. So the one that we bought, uh, it had an opening kind of like screen at the top and then you hang the shower uh, head from it. So it's it's still kind of, um, you know, it's not fancy or anything. but Right, but it gets the job done with privacy. With privacy and and more room. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yes. And you don't have to worry about hurrying up because the water is just flowing like you want to set it downhill and the water's flowing downhill um so it's a little bit more relaxing and comfortable oh yeah and plus nice too if you're like dirty and all that you don't want to be dragging Mm -hmm. that into the rv yes yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay so that's really cool um okay so i wanted to go back to this we talked about this a little bit and i said that we would talk about it in this episode um that you know going to some campgrounds can be really expensive and i think Mm -hmm. that people just think like oh this is like a cheap way of doing things Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff so walk us through um what makes a certain area more expensive and um is it certain states that you feel like are certain are uh, like a certain level um that costs more because kind of like for florida you think about a lot of people retire mm-hmm. there you were saying 55 and up right so it's like mm, i wonder if that changes it or if it's be by an ocean and it's beautiful and, and that maybe tr- they charge more or, or whatever so what did you find was the biggest common denominator when it came to um one area being more expensive than the other uh you know, I love that you talk about this because one of the things that was surprising for me too, that's why I said, do your research before you do this. Campgrounds can run up to $200 a night. Yeah. That's, wow. a, that's a hotel room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, those are usually on the ocean. Those are more south. So the further south you get um, mm. in Florida, they tend to be more expensive. Oh, on mm-hmm. the coast, they're always going to be more expensive. So if you've got obviously an ocean view, um, it's going it, to, you're, you're looking at $200 a night. Wow. Uh, when we were in more North areas, so North Carolina, you're still, it can still run a hundred dollars a night, mm-hmm. which is a cheap hotel room. Right. 
But, but not as can, cheap as what you probably would think because you just had to buy no. this RV. Like yes. you're you're providing the hotel room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what you're I mean? Thinking like, wait, why is this not like 20 bucks a night? Right? Yeah. So it, it's, it's considerably more than what I think most people expect. So that's why you have to be smart about it. And that's when we started to look into memberships because what we found, California is very expensive. Um, like I said, it's the coast that's usually more expensive. So if you stay inland and then if you mm. stay somewhere that's around like a tourist attraction, yeah. then you're looking at paying more. So if it's like Boston, we had looked at a couple that were around there. Those were considerably more. And it, you're talking driving distance. So it's like an hour drive mm. and it's more. So if you're, you're going to have to be two or three hours outside of like those tourist attractions to see rates that are lower. And you're yeah. still looking at 60 bucks a night at least. Wow. So what would you say was your cheapest um, like place that you stayed? We found a couple in North Carolina, and actually, there were a couple in Florida that were more inland, the cheapest we ever got. And, and when you go cheap, you make sacrifices. Like, you may not have utility hookups. They're going to be oh. out in the middle of nowhere. They're, mm -hmm. The bathrooms that they have in here are pretty nasty. Oh, so yeah. I think the cheapest we ever got was like $45, $50 oh, gotcha. a night. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in, it, my preference would be not to do that because yeah, sure. there, you're talking about how most of the time you don't even want to look out the door because you're like, this, 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 <laughs> you're like, it's gross. You're like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. So you're saying uh, people, you probably want to save up if you want to kind of like mm -hmm. make it like save up a little bit longer so that you mm -hmm. can stay in more prime spots so that you can really enjoy it. Um, yeah. If you had to recommend, you know, I, that. I would because, you know, where you're saying is it's, it's everything. Well, right. It, what you can do around you and some of the, the best campgrounds, they've got activities. They can have a pool. They can have like, mm. it's a mini vacation right there. And if you're staying in a place that's nice, you can just stay in the campground and have fun. There were one of our favorite places that we went again was in Ruskin. It was one of the first places we started it was a thousand trails there. And we did um, a pumpkin carving contest as part of the campground. They had Halloween parade. They had a Halloween contest. They did all sorts of activities. Those are things you don't get if you're going to a lower end campground. Yeah, that is really interesting. I don't think that mm -hmm. people would even, I, I just don't even think that would cross people's minds, you know? So mm -hmm. um, I'm glad that you shared that with us. Um, okay, so I have one more RV question and then I'm gonna have you end on how you decided to move to Hawaii and and what that has mm -hmm. been like. So um, when it comes to just living in an RV, um, you know, what does it feel like? Because I think um, people might think, it's like a vacation and all that. But mm -hmm. um, I know that you can't just pick up and go. So, you know, there's, you know, the breaking down the RV and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And then you still have to live life. So how about you just kind yeah. of in a nutshell, kind of share with us um, what you wish you would have known. And maybe you did know it, but now that you really do know it, like firsthand, you're like, if you were telling somebody who really wants to do this, be like, okay, you really need to understand this part um, so that they really get a good uh, picture of what reality is like. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, part of um, the biggest misconception that I noticed when we would talk about this is people would think that you're on a vacation full time and you're not. And you, you cannot have that mentality if you're looking to work and make a living while you're on the road. And, and my husband did suffer from that probably more than I did because he wasn't working <laughs> except for, you know, taking care of our daughter. But we had to shift that mentality and I had to get him to shift that mentality of you have to have a schedule. You need to get up and you've got to be disciplined about the things that you're doing. You have to clean just yep. like you would if you were at a house. You've got to do laundry. You've got to figure out some of these details that if you're waiting till the last minute because you're on vacation and you're relaxing, it's going to cause chaos in your life. So yeah. we we knew it, but we didn't do it very well in the beginning was creating that structure. You absolutely have to have the structure. Yeah. So I was going to ask you too. So how is, um, did you, did you explain to like how the breaking down of the RV, like what does that oh, look yeah. like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So breaking down and setting up were two of the biggest things that you'll tackle. And um, it actually became one of the reasons that we would stay longer in places because yeah. it took so long to I don't do blame it. You. That, um, <laughs> at first we're like, every two weeks we're going to be on the road. And we're like, oh my gosh, it takes, it took a good two hours wow. to set up yep. and a good, probably two, three hours to, to break take down. down. Wow. And then everybody has their tasks. I downloaded an app that helped me, but you've got a lot of stuff in an RV you've got to be mindful of that too. When you're putting stuff in it, like, is this going to break? Is this going to fall down? Will we move? Is this secure? Oh, is this bolted yeah. down? Yeah. A lot. Of, so when I set up my desk in the back room, it was very strategic. I had my monitors on the wall, like they were braced to the wall. And then Good point. every time you, when mm-hmm. you break down, everything has to be picked up. Like there can't be anything moving around. So everything oh. has its home. Everything has its place. If you have decorations on the wall that you put up, they have to come down. Um, toddlers like to leave things in random places you have to make sure that there's nothing that can get in the way of a slide moving in that will break a motor oh it, gotcha yeah that's good to know to incredibly mindful of it uh so we had a system we came up with a system and like i said i liked being hyper organized so i was able to put like gadgets and pulleys and all kinds of stuff in place so that every time we would move for example i would have um everything had its home so that we would have that system in place. And then um, he would watch my daughter while I broke down the inside, mm. pull all the slides in. You know, there are yeah. things that you need to make sure of, like, is there debris on the slides? Do you, you have to get up on the RV and make sure that there's no leaves or acorns or something that are going to get pulled into wow. the motor. So that's definitely something to educate yourself on because yeah. you can do damage to an RV very quickly. Because when you're living in an RV, there's an RV is not meant for full-time living in the sense of things are made cheaply. Oh, so gotcha. Mm-hmm. There, it, it's not made for the everyday wear and tear of sure. that. So you, if, if, if you are um, good at fixing things, then I think you would enjoy this. If you're always wanting someone else to fix stuff oh, and you want to, so you're not expensive. going to enjoy it. <laughs> yes. Well, what happens is if you try to take it in for work, it'll take a month for it to get done. Yeah. Which is a problem so, if you're living in it. Exactly. Yeah. So you've got to be prepared. Like these are things that we kind of knew because we had, um, my, uh, my husband's grandpa had uh, a camper, an old camper for a long time. So we were kind of familiar with it, but these are things that if you're not used to this, that you need to, you need to learn before you hit the road because you don't want to be five hours away trying to figure out how to clean a black tank. Yeah. You need to. Yeah. You really do need to. Um, you know what? Um, how about you mentioned, um, what are some of the 
you know, blogs or maybe Facebook groups. I don't know which one you said. What are the top two that you really would recommend that you um, you use to really learn a lot before you headed out? Um, the, the one, there's one specifically on Facebook and it's full-time RV families. There's a lot of families doing this. I was very, very surprised at how <laughs> many families are doing this when oh, I started yeah. getting into it. Especially and with homeschooling going on. They're like, let's yeah, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, there's another one that I personally love. It's, um, it's full-time RV, uh, women. And it's specifically oh, cool. for women that are doing this. There's a lot of women that are traveling with their families that are doing it, but the women in the group are just amazing and supportive. And I, I you know, the, the, the coolest thing about RVing, there's yeah. the RV culture. Mm. People are just so nice. I remember the first time I, we went to an RV park and we're pulling in and everybody's waving and I'm like, Aww. is this real life? This is incredible. That's so people cool. are actually just really nice. Yeah. They're helpful for the most part. You know, you're, you're always well, going to have. Yeah. You people still have people. Right, they, they're just, most people are, RV people are really, really nice. That is really cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we are um, getting close to the end, but I did want to um, ask you about living in Hawaii. So um, I would love for you to share with us how you guys decided to move to Hawaii. Um, and did you guys know that you were going to end up in Hawaii or was that something that you guys were just figuring out <laughs> as you were traveling? And then, um, is your husband still the stay-at-home dad, or did he try to go get a job in Hawaii? Um, so yeah, share with us your thoughts on this. Yeah, so when we were in uh, Portland and we were stationary, and just let me mention too that we were on a farm out there that was absolutely gorgeous. It was phenomenal. So we were we were settled down, and we were able to kind of take advantage of playing on the farm and stuff. And my husband and I started thinking like, we kind of miss this. We kind of miss having just a place to stay and play and go. And we started talking about, well, I think we're ready to settle down again. We're ready to, to maybe get her enrolled in school and, and live kind of more of a normal life. But we didn't want to go back to the Midwest. We just, after this experience of experiencing so many incredible sure. things, we just, we just weren't ready for that. So we started talking about places that we wanted to move. And we like, and we loved San Diego and that was top on our list of, okay, maybe we do that. And then something crossed our minds. I can't remember what it was, but we started thinking like, well, what about Hawaii? And at the time we were watching a YouTube uh, channel about moving to Hawaii and it kept coming up over and over. And I said, you know, let's, let's just check to see how much it would cost because from Cincinnati, Mm-hmm. You can imagine it's incredibly expensive to even get to Hawaii, like a plane oh, ticket yes. is $1,000 yes. just to get here. Sure. So, oh, I remember what it was. My cousin, um, actually, who was over in the Portland area, had mentioned that tickets to Hawaii from Portland were like less than 200 bucks. Wow. And I remember thinking, what? Oh, my gosh, I have to go there now because it's doable. <laughs> $3,000 from the Midwest versus $600? I yeah. can do that. So we started researching it, thinking like, okay, well, it's just a lot more affordable to get to Hawaii from this coast. Yeah, right. So then we started thinking like, well, what if we just moved there? And what if we just moved our stuff there? So we started researching cost and the cost to ship our truck because we knew we needed a vehicle and the cost to ship the few things that we had. We did research cost to ship our RV, but it, it turns out that it's not a good idea, right. which is fine. Yep. Um, and then 
it started to get to the point where we're like, okay, this is a no brainer. We'll never have this opportunity again. Mm -hmm. And we can afford it. We, we, we have to use some of our savings because it's going to, it's, it's still not cheap. Yeah. But um, like I had mentioned before, the ocean is just, I just feel so connected yeah. to the ocean. Yeah. And I just, I knew, and we had never been here before. And there were people that thought we were crazy, but you know, I said, Hawaii has been a dream of mine for over oh. 10 years. Yeah. I can go back 10 years ago of when I was sending resumes to Hawaii wow. snail mail because I wanted a job here. Oh. So um, I knew that I wanted to be here. And then when we got here, it was just, it's been a dream. My, um, my husband is looking for work. It's, it's, it's very hard to find a job on the island, even pre-COVID. Mm. So um, he's been looking. We're fortunate that um, between the work that, that, that I do and our yeah. savings and some of the resources that we're still okay. Like we're, we're in a good position. Um, it, it's a work in progress. But um, yeah, it, it's been really great because we've been able to take advantage of. I, yeah. Can, I'm looking at the ocean right now. I look out my That's window so and I cool. see the ocean. Yeah. And I walk down to the beach to do a meditation each morning. Mm. And my daughter is so adorable because she knows that we live in Hawaii. So we, we talk about it all the time. And she's like, can people come visit me here? Oh, yeah. It probably feels very far away for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. So oh, as we end, I wanted to ask you, um, do you live in an apartment or do you live in a house? Right now we're in, in an apartment. Uh, we're looking at buying a house at some point and either staying or renting long-term. I think that we'll probably want to buying a house long-term just to have here, but right now we're in an apartment. It was the easiest. So sure. that's another thing that we can talk about later is like, yeah. how do you get a place to stay here if you're not here? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and yeah. also too, um, you know, how did you even decide Maui out of all the islands? Yeah. Yeah, that took a lot of research. So, oh, when we came over, we knew that we wanted, I, I loved nature and I loved, um, I love big cities, but at the same time, I was kind of at the point there, I didn't need to be by big city anymore. So we were kind of looking for that in between and that's Maui. So Oahu where, um, Honolulu is more commercialized. It's, it's a, the bigger city feel. And we had also considered, uh, Kauai and that's much more nature, a lot less city-like. And Maui is just right in between. So what I had loved about Maui when I was doing the research is, um, and don't quote me on this because I don't know literally, but there's no buildings that are taller than, it's a certain type of palm tree. Mm. So none of the buildings are taller than that. So you don't have skyscrapers here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't mm. remember. So I went to Maui, but are you counting the hotels or no? The hotels are, they have to be, yeah. So the hotels- So they even have to be, be shorter. Able, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think I, I noticed that. Um, no. They probably are going wider than tall. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, that is really cool. So what would you say is your least favorite part, though, about living in Hawaii? Cause, you know, everywhere, even if it's amazing, <laughs> there's a downside. Um, okay. Uh, probably the downside, which is we, we didn't expect this. It gets very hot, but that's oh. not necessarily the downside. AC apparently is um, a hot commodity around here. And oh. they, so when we moved in, apparently it's not all units have an AC. Oh, wow. So AC is something that um, is a big deal here. Interesting. And when we moved in, the unit couldn't handle it. So wow. we would get really hot and we're, we would blast this <laughs> tiny air conditioner. We're like, it's still 93 degrees. Oh, in my here. gosh. <laughs> I'm going to pass out. 
So we learned there's some secrets to staying mm. cool. Um, and that that's probably been the hardest, like yeah. the, the heat and not, yep. you know, from the Midwest. And yeah. I don't know if it's like this where you're at. Mm-hmm. It's 60 degrees wherever you go. Everybody's blasting AC. It's so cold everywhere yeah. you walk in. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not like yeah. that here. You have right. to get acclimated to the yes. heat and do it pretty quickly. Yeah, that is interesting. Well, Mm -hmm. I could pick your brain about this because it's travel and we could just keep going forever, but I do need to end it. Um, I do want to just say thank you so much for coming on for um, these two episodes. I feel like it will really kind of open the eyes of people if they want to go um, traveling, if they want to do something similar, if it not be RV, um, but just getting out there and changing things up and, um, you know, taking those risks and um, going after, you know, something that you've been thinking about and, you know, Uh, taking that chance. So I appreciate you sharing your journey with us. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.